0: This is the Sound the Foghorn
1: Podcast. A shot by Hayda, Spurgeon's in, delays, shoots one, he scores! Jared Spurgeon has tied it!
0: Your number one podcast for the Minnesota Wild.
1: Proud to select with the ninth pick in the 2020 draft from the Ottawa 67s of the OHL, Marco Rossi. Covering their
0: prospects, the NHL, AHL, news, notes, and much more
2: is in from Minnesota, Viala, cuts to the middle, wait, scores!
1: Here comes Carisi, hustling over Shaq, jerked a piece of a bridge, he scores!
2: Short! Here's Poked
1: Away and Kaprizov, in for a chance to win it, he scores!
0: Caril the Thrill! Now, here are your hosts, Brett Marshall, Zeke Boya, and
2: Justin Buck.
0: Hello, and welcome in to episode two of season three of Sound the Foghorn. It is a day after the incredible debut of Kirill the Thrill, Dollar Bill Kirill Off. Uh, we'll talk about that here in just a little bit. Uh, but before that, let's introduce my host, uh, Zeke Boyat. How you doing tonight, my friend?
1: Well, I'm doing very well. And, uh, you know, you can't see me behind the mic, but, you know, still smiling wide. Uh, huge after that game last night. Uh you know, I with the, how just how amazing the game was and how excited and happy it was. You know, I probably only slept for about five hours last night, but uh, <laughs> still got the energy and the excitement going for the show today. So no, it's doing great right now.
0: And Mister Kaprizov, countdown himself, is the debut. Everything hey. you could have imagined. How you doing,
2: man? i had never imagined it. I mean, it was nice to imagine it, but man, it, it I'm on cloud ninety seven right now. <laughs> Yeah, I'm just, uh, I'm happy. A long weekend going on here and sitting here watching Pittsburgh Philly and ready to talk some hockey.
0: Yeah, so let's talk about the obvious first. Kirill Kaprizov. Uh, the hype the hype was real. He looked great in camp. He came out and he dazzled last night, led forwards and ice time, two assists, a goal probably could have set up like three or four more goals too. Mm -hmm. um, Had some guys not hit some posts. But I mean, what are your guys' takeaways of, of Kirill Kaprizov just after one game? I know it, we don't want to overreact, but I mean, it just, he looked as advertised last night.
2: Yeah. I was going to say he looked everything as advertised. I mean, there was a little bit of an adjustment period maybe in the beginning and then he, he settled in pretty quickly and just looked like the wild best player for a lot of points in the game and just, all around good player, just both sides of the ice. Just he was setting people up and I mean, he makes the players around him better, just even with that like that raft goal, he just makes players around him better.
1: Well, uh, I guess really just stirred up he is so 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 good. And <laughs> good's not even describing it, you know. I mean last that game he was great and uh, you know, I mean, even in the third period down uh, 3-1, I was kind of like, oh, you know, this, this game's kind of, you know, it wasn't boring, but at, at that point it was like, oh, gee, well, you know, it, was, it wasn't the most entertaining game, up the second period there. And it's nice. I mean, we had a little bit last year with Fiala, but now it's like there's at least two guys on the team now who are uh, exciting, uh, dynamic, and, you know, every time they have a puck, you're going to, you know, get up and be sure to pay attention. And, you know, with those two on the ice, you know, there's a chance of, you know, coming back in the game or scoring. So, uh, no, I mean, I don't think, you know, my, my thoughts are going to be too much different. Uh, you know, we've obviously all waited a very long time for him to play for the Wild and to see him uh, score right away and get a few points right, right away and overall just perform really well. I think... You know in, in a way is a good thing, and for I guess the kind of the expectations people because you know you don't want to put too much pressure on you know any of the guys' first couple of games, especially him. But I think it's, it was huge for him to get that uh, first goal and just have a great game right out of the gate there, just to you know kind of put any doubts that people had to decide and just in, in his mind, too, just say hey, I got this, I belong here. And but yeah, no, it's just fantastic,
0: yeah, I think. And it was, it was something I talked about leading in as one of the things that I love the most about Kaprizov is the way he protects the puck mm-hmm. and just finds ways in tiny spaces to either explode through into open ice or just, you know, dart a pass to someone. He did it all last night. And every time mm-hmm. the puck was on his stick, he was skating away with it, finding open lane. And if he didn't have it, he was all over someone, you know, making a takeaway He's just, he was so hard on pucks. He saw the ice at a level that I don't think we've seen a passer in the wild, mm, probably nah. since the prime days of Miko Koivu. Um, but <laughs> I think Russo touched on his, on this in his most latest show, but uh, someone he was talking to said basically like wild players need to realize like, Hey, if Kaprizov is on the ice, your stick better be on the ice. Cause a yeah. puck might come and smack the blade. Uh, when and you're not expecting it. And we saw that I think even a couple times last night, but just so many things to look forward to a, a great debut I uh, I don't know what more we can say, but that already hasn't been said.
2: Right. I, I mean, mean like, had, his vision is insane. Like, just like being able to predict plays, just like with the game-winning goal. Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, intercepting that pass, just going in for a breakaway. He just he sees the game differently than than maybe anyone we've ever seen.
1: Yeah, I agree with what Justin said. I mean, you know, the the overtime goal. It wasn't like you know how it was scored wasn't any way special. But as Justin said, he he anticipated that, you know, that I think it was Drew Doughty kind of trying to make that catch that pass back and rushed up ahead and was aggressive to make that play. And, you know, there's there's never really been a player on this team who, who who plays like that, who has those offensive instincts to just go be aggressive and go after the puck. So. That's great to see. And I think one of the other things that I mean, we already kinda of knew this from watching highlights, but is just how fast he can turn and, you know, do the half circles to cut around a guy. Like his edge work is awesome. Yeah, like he did you know, mm-hmm. he showed that obviously on their first goal of the game where even though it was knocked off his stick through the assist, I mean he, he was the guy who cut to the middle past the defender to get the puck into the slot and create the chance. So that's another great part of his game.
0: All right, let's shift off Capriza, because I think we've we've uh we've beaten that dead that, that horse plenty here. He had a great debut and we're excited. Yeah. But uh, let's do some other takeaways from the from this first game here. I want to start uh with the goaltending uh Cam Talbot making his wild debut. It's kind of a mixed feeling for me. Like it seemed like he made some saves, but like the goals that went in were like seemed like partially it was bad rebounds, but like partially it was defensemen out of position. Mm-hmm bad balances. What do you guys make of, of Kim Talbot's debut what we saw to of him?
1: Well, I would say that he kind of got better as the game went on, obviously in the third period. And, you know, he made also made a big save coming out of the penalty box in overtime in the two on one. So that was probably, you know, I think I would say his best moment of the game, but I mean, you know, like you said, Brett, a couple of those goals, while you wouldn't to necessarily say they were all completely like, total softies i mean they're very fluky and weird but you know he did you look at the on the stats and he did make 31 saves on 34 shots so uh you know he was just fine in the game is what i would say
2: yeah i mean i don't have much to add from what uh, zeke said but just yeah he seemed to get better as the game went on like zeke said and you know made some of the saves he's supposed to and then that big save in overtime and you know made a, a lot of the saves he's supposed to other than you know other than the ones where like players are out of position, and I don't know, just it can be better. But you know, we'll see how it goes. With the first game of the season, and you know, just see if it continues to improve from there.
0: Yeah, I think that's well said. Overall, I'm not going to read too much into goaltending performance here. here probably the first two three weeks of the season. Because if you look across the league, mm-hmm. scoring is up significantly right now. I think yeah, like last night there was games with like seems like pretty much every game had six or seven goals or more. There were some with eight or nine. Um, I think I had on the uh, Senators, Maple Leafs. There was already six goals and two periods in that game. So, like even some of these really good goalies are, are letting up a lot early on. And I think that comes a lack of camp and mm-hmm. just seeing you know shots mm-hmm. not from the the eighteen skaters on your team or whatever. So, right. uh, but yeah, Zeke, I, I think your, your point was good. He he seemed to get better as the game got on, and I think the, that could be said about the whole team as they seem to really kind of find their stride mm-hmm. there in the third. Uh, let's see. Next thing we're going to talk about here for, uh, the game. Let's talk a little bit about, um, let's talk about Matt Dubba, Kevin Fiala, who seemed to have just been firing the puck at will last night, uh, which to me was excellent to see, uh, Dumba, despite some defensive hiccups. Um, it seems like he's really looking to, to return to form. I believe he had something like seven or eight shot attempts and yeah. I think five of them ended up on goal.
2: Yeah. I mean, looks like he's close to back to form and that's uh, good to see, um, And then Fiala, of course, he, he led the team in shots on goal with seven. And just seeing him again, like, he'll get better as the season goes on, but, like, just seeing him on the power play and both of them just ripping, clapping bombs. And, you know, just that's what I noticed the most about those two is how much they shoot the puck.
1: Yeah, that's, I think that's a good point, Justin. And like the other thing that, uh, I mean, again, it's just one game about Fiala. I noticed is that you know in Vancouver in the playoffs last year against when they were playing them in that play-in round, you could see, even though he scored a few goals, that he was obviously frustrated by the extra tension and kind of physical play was against him. And not yeah. I don't know that there was necessarily that much last night, but even when he wasn't really getting the bounces despite playing well, it seemed like he was you know, composed and focused, you know, and just keep going that, uh, you know, having the same good attitude that, yeah, yeah, I'm good. And, you know, they'll go in eventually. And, you know, obviously he claimed the post at one time. And, you know, for Dumba, he's, he's obviously kind of, he was still a little bit erratic in the defensive zone, but mm-hmm. I mean, that's, that's pretty much his play style. It's, you know, that's, that's I think that's he's at best, he's the average defender and, you know, not always times that, but uh, you know, I think the pucks will go in. I mean, if it's anything like last year and he's second or first on the team in shots, the, they got to go in because they showed a graphic on uh, FSN the other day where his career shooting percentages, I think, went like 8, 9, 12, and then last year was like 3.5. So uh, I think it's just a matter of, uh, you know, just keep shooting the puck. They'll go in and uh, not too worried from him from that standpoint.
0: Yeah. That's all, all very well said. Justin, you brought up uh, the power play. Let's talk about that real quick. I believe they were, was it 0 for 5 or 0 for 6 last night? Which on paper doesn't look good. But no. to me, the puck movement, the scoring opportunities, they were there. I think they hit, I think for sure, one post might have been two uh, while in the power play. Um, the only issue was, was Zach Parise in the face-off circle, which yeah. I think was to be expected. But I mean, Parisi did about as good in the face-off circle as any, everyone else in the team, not named uh, Nick Bonino. Uh, but that, more on that in a second. But how, what do you guys make of the power play, despite uh, not scoring
2: a goal last night? That uh, first unit's going to be a lot of fun. Um, you just the way they move the puck and the way they move around the ice just is something I haven't seen in a power play in the while before.
0: It wasn't stagnant. It was that
2: was yeah. And I think the, yeah, like uh... you said it was stagnant. But... Go ahead, Zeke.
1: Oh, yes. I know. I was just going to say, um, uh, you know, uh, Russo's tweet last night where he was like, you know, half sarcastically going, uh, someone didn't tell Kaprizov that the Wild stand still on the power play. And, you know, that, that was very true because, you know, as Brett said, they they were never, you've never really been a very mobile and kind of a, you know, set up around the corners, just pass it around. And maybe sometimes take a shot as uh, everyone loves a Ryan Suter shot from the point. But no, I, I agree. I think uh, you guys hit it on much. It's, they're it's very entertaining to watch, and the the goals will start to go in eventually. But you know, I yeah, don't know. I just don't know if anything else I can add.
2: I mean, it was after the first five power plays. I don't know how much how many shots they ended up with, but they had ten shots on goal after five power plays. So mm-hmm. you, you know, eventually some of these shots are going to go in. They had some good chances, hit some posts. And, you know, it it's you know just it'll like with everything we're saying, it'll continue to get better the more they play together and the more the season goes on. So you know hoping to hit that bold prediction of a top five power play with that unit. <laughs> yeah.
0: And credit where credit's due, the LAPK, especially Jonathan Quick, played very well last night. Uh, yeah. I thought Quick was Quick was solid. His, his rebounds weren't coming into a lot of areas. LA did a good job of keeping a lot of the power play opportunity to the outside too, and then kind of, not rebounds too. So the Kings penalty kill looks great mm-hmm. as well. We'll see if uh, maybe the wild can crack them tomorrow night.
1: And I just, one more thing I just want to add is that uh, I was kind of impressed with power play and just in general is that it seems that uh, Dean Evison, more than wild coaches in the past is seems to be more open and more creative with his ideas in terms of power play and, you know, putting together lines and putting guys out there. I mean, you know, in the, past the wild seemed to always be, you know, balance it out. Uh, it's the same few guys, Prezi, Koivu, Suter, everyone. And not that those guys weren't useful on there, but it's just nice to see them put the, you know, put the best players uh, where they belong. And also I was just, just overall impressed with his you know, I'm so far as flexibility and creativity, just, you know, whoever's playing well, will get the ice time and we'll get the chance to go out there. So.
2: Yeah. kind of like what you mentioned that you saw Rask end up on the line with, what was it Prezi and. Capriceau at one point wasn't it? Yes, yep, I think so. The
0: game. And then also in overtime as well. That's right. Yeah, so let's talk a little about the centers. Obviously, we knew coming into the year it wasn't a secret that the Wild center depth uh, was bad, and I think this game really laid into it. Um, Victor Rask looked great. He looked great in camp. I thought he. The fourth line in general with Rask, Hartman, and Sturm, I thought looked really good in camp. They looked mm-hmm. good again last night. Obviously, Rask with the goal, but to me, he looks like he's a little bit quicker. Looks like he's seen mm-hmm. the ice a little better. I wouldn't mind seeing him just t- tomorrow night getting a look at uh, at the number one C spot just to maybe see if it maybe clicks a little bit more than it did with because I think mm-hmm. Fiala just needs a little bit more of that like offensive touch, which Rask yeah. once was a 20-goal scorer. Like, right. he, he can score. He's been down, but why not give it a shot?
2: Yeah, I agree. I mean maybe this this is a year where he meshes with a, a different unit and you know, like he had injury issues in the past and like you said, he does he did look quicker and maybe we see a different Ras this year.
1: Yeah, and I think uh, you know another point kind of about the centers is that it seems like you know, with the centers the wild have and guys like uh Sturm, Bukestad and the uh, like putting I mean, Victor As they're all pretty much kind of in the same range. Like, they're all, mm-hmm. at best, you know, when they're playing well, like a, a, good, a solid 3C. So, I don't think it's... I mean, in, in terms of overall, obviously, Victor As you do not want him to be a, your one of your top six centers at this point in his career, I don't think. But, uh, no, I... You know, whatever is working is what you should go with right now, considering the, you know, the kind of mixed bag they have at the position.
0: Yeah, and I've seen a lot of still calls on Twitter to have Erickson Eck slid in the top six, but... That third line was just awesome again last yeah. night. Those guys on the four track, when you get, I don't, I know Greenway's 6'6. Six, six. I think Felino's something like six three six four. I think Eka's around the same. Mm-hmm. They're all usually over 200 pounds. That's a line that can just wear you down. You saw it in the Felino goal last night, the big hit down low, mm-hmm. and then he just creates, creates space for himself by boxing out a defender to, to get a shot off. I don't want to split up that line because uh, Evolving Hockey, uh, Evolving Wild, uh, put out a little, a little chart out for the game and their expected goals, which basically means how many goals Atlanta was expected to score was by far and away above anyone else in the team. Uh, despite what we talked about with Kaprizov, it was that line that when they were out there, they were they were creating opportunity and space for themselves.
2: Yeah, they looked really good, and then you know that whole line, and then seeing Greenway play, he looked really good last night. Motivated for sure, a little bit quicker, like a little more, mm-hmm. you know, all over the place, and. You know, maybe I'll eat my words on on him. So. Yeah, I think,
1: yeah, I think. Yeah, uh, I think you guys made a great point there. Uh, you know, I think there was a sequence. I can't remember if it was on a power play or whatever down in the end, where I think he was behind the net. He went back and forth a couple of times with either. I don't know if it was Andre Kopitar or someone else, but he had this one of the, their player on his back. But he was, you know, he was shielding himself kind of with his arm there, using his big body while also still controlling the puck. So I think. Because you know that's kind of what you want to see out of a guy like him uh, in terms right, of six six. Like yeah. it's gonna be hard oh, yeah. to get
0: the puck if you're mm-hmm. throwing your shoulder and hips out to protect it.
1: Yeah, it is. And you know, to be honest, we have n- never really seen him play like that. I mean, he doesn't have to be like nasty or whatever, but you know, with when you have that, when you're that tall and that big and have a long reach like that, you know, if even if you're not that skilled, having those traits will you know help you produce more offensively and on the defensive side too. So.
0: Sure. Anything else, any other takeaways from uh, last night's game before we move into kind of a a league-wide scope uh, with the the new divisions and maybe some uh, trophy predictions as well?
1: Yeah, I guess just kind of my thought is, now I know there's been the whole, you know, Suter-Dumba pairing, which has, you know, reading a lot of articles has not, and, and seemingly just to remember that, has not been, those two haven't been particularly great in the past. And, you know, I don't think they were necessarily horrible last night, but just, I mean, again, I think the part of this is this, the start of the season and all the weird short training camp and, uh, you know, less, no preseason games and all that is maybe going to take most of the guys and even some of the older veteran guys a little bit more to return. But I just, I know you want to stack you like your shutdown defense for, for you and Spurgeon, but I'm just not a fan of that pairing. And I, I don't know how long it's going to last.
0: Yeah, I'm right there with you. Right. But hey, I don't mind seeing a shutdown pair just to see what, yeah, what happens. And I think early on, you, I think it's what LA Anaheim to start. So two weaker <laughs> teams, you can see how it works. Mm-hmm. And you know, if it doesn't work against them, then it probably not going to work against, you know, Vegas, Colorado yeah. and St. Louis. All right. Mm-hmm. All right. So let's uh, jump uh, into the NHL here. I believe we, we covered, uh, the, you know, the wilds division enough mm-hmm. uh, last week. Mm-hmm. We didn't really have too many disagreements where things would stack up. Uh, let's go to our friends in the North first. Let's go to the Canadian division. Um, if you haven't got a chance to catch some of those games, they've been fun. It seems like every game there is just yeah. a rivalry game. Um, who do you guys like? Is 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 Toronto for me? Is the top team in that in that mm-hmm. division? Do you guys have any dissent from that? Um, for for me, it's Toronto significantly. Like it seems like they should kind of run away with it a little bit on paper. Um, but do you guys see someone that's maybe a, a really close second, or is it Toronto clearly?
2: With my predictions, it's it's clearly Toronto. I. I, I I had no question about that when making that division.
1: Yeah, I think I am um, the same with you guys. I mean, there's obviously there's always gonna be questions about Toronto's, you know, their mentality and whether they're, you know, I guess their toughness, which is, I think, a bit ridiculous. But uh, yeah, no, they got the most pure skill, obviously, and in that division and in the league overall. So I don't disagree with them there, but I also kind of, you know, the team that I've had like kind of second or coming up behind them is. I think, you know, every year it seems like people expect uh, a lot out of the Calgary Flames, and, you know, I'm still, I don't know, for some reason even though I've gotten burned this before, I'm still a believer in that team. I think they got a lot of skill, and with uh, the upgrades and goal, while I don't know if Jacob Markstrom is an absolutely goaltender, he's a definite upgrade to have him uh, as the starter with David Riddick getting, you know, a few less starts. So, I like the Flames, and I think with them kind of having, this needed to be a prove-it-year, and them having to perform, I think uh, they're kind of the next team up there for me in terms of strength.
0: Yeah. I think for me, it's, it's really close. I mean, for me, it's kind of like a tier it's Toronto.
1: Yeah. Then I have
0: my, my next tier is it's Calgary Edmonton and Montreal and then Vancouver, Winnipeg, and then Ottawa, which of course, as I say this, Ottawa is beating Toronto five to three. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, yeah. um, like I, yeah, like Montreal, I just, I, I like their depth and I think in a, in a shortened season, um depth mm. is important because you're not gonna i mean teams are running out guys 30 minutes a night here to start which is unbelievable yeah, but yeah. I, I just don't know if that's sustainable with how many you know how condensed the season's going to be um i think depth's going to really prove to be a winner uh, they added jake allen behind Carey price a solid one two in net um and it's a razor thin margin for me but with with montreal over, over uh for me it's montreal Calgary, and edmonton was um, my top four in that order but yeah, I mean, it, it, it could go any way with, I think, th- those four teams are, are my playoff teams. I, I just I, – I don't believe in Winnipeg with, with their blue line. Mm-hmm. Connor Hellebuck can only stop pucks for so long. Um, All And the- then Va- Vancouver, I mean, just aside from that one line and Quinn Hughes and now Nate mm-hmm. Schmidt, the rest of that team is just kind of blech.
2: Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. I no. mean, my, mine is pretty similar. I got, you know of course, Toronto at the top and then the next – Three, I got Edmonton, Montreal, Calgary, and then, like...
0: Oh, so we all got someone different yeah, at number two. Interesting.
2: Winnipeg, Vancouver, Ottawa. So, you know, kind of the same tiers, but just a little bit different of an order.
1: Yeah, I mean, I I, I don't have an exact order. Mine's pretty much kind of the same way of thinking. I mean, well, I think, like you guys, we said, uh, Toronto is, I think, clearly the, the best. I also don't... You know, the really the only team that I consider farther back or a step below is the Ottawa Senators. And yep. Really, like I mean, like you said, any other order uh, of teams finishing uh, any one of those teams making the playoffs, obviously, it would not be a surprise. And, you know, I don't think this is like the strongest division, but I mean, like Brett said, after the start started this kind of discussion. I mean, the games have been really fun and it's it's cool to see the, you know, the back and forth between the K and team fans on Twitter and just the, you know, the overall like passion and excitement they have up there for that.
2: Yeah, I, I feel like I spent the longest on this division for some reason because I was kind of like, there's outside of Toronto, there's not really a, a clear cut, like, oh, yeah, they're like up right up there with Toronto type team. It, it's yeah. all kind of just a smorgasbord of meh, kind of okay yeah. teams, teams that are kind of on the cusp of being good. All right,
0: so let's move now to what's probably, I think, most will argue is the strongest division, and that's the East Division. Uh, teams in that one, Rangers, Islanders, Devils, Sabres, Flyers, Bruins, Penguins, and Capitals. Mm. Who do you guys like as the best team in this one, um, especially Boston without uh, without Posternock here to start the year, who I think would have been the obvious choice, but I think that factors in. And they're an aging yeah. team, lost some pieces on the blue line as well.
2: Uh, yeah, I
1: still yeah, have box. Oh, sorry.
2: You go ahead, Z start with this one.
1: Oh no, I yeah, I was just gonna say I, I don't know, I maybe it's just the first couple of games. I mean, they haven't looked amazing tonight against Pittsburgh, but I still think that uh, Philly is a looks like a very good team. Uh, you know, Carter Hurts had he's been okay these first couple of games, but I think he'll rebound and should be one of the best goals in the league. And I don't
0: know, yeah, I just plays on a fantasy team. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. he <laughs> but I don't know, I just I just like the team.
2: Yeah, I mean, I have Boston on top still with Philadelphia right behind them, but I mean, they could certainly go back and forth. I mean, it just kind of depends on too how how long it takes Pastor to get back. I I, I get like Kim and um, maybe it's Sagan mixed up, but I, I think Pastor supposed to be back sometime in February, and he's kind of ahead of schedule, so I, I still think Boston is is the top team in that division with Philadelphia not too far behind, and then. Then I have Washington and New York as the the last two playoff teams with Pittsburgh, which, Buffalo, which New York, uh, Islanders. Islanders. Okay. Yep. And then I have Pittsburgh, Buffalo, Rangers, Devils missing out on the playoffs. And you know, as we speak, you know, Philadelphia beaten Pittsburgh four to two. And of course, I'm keeping a huge eye on that because we got Pittsburgh first round pick. Mm-hmm. Not to jump around too much, but you know, they looks like they're going to start off the season zero and two. So.
1: Yeah. I guess just you know, kind of on Pittsburgh a little bit. I, I know. I mean, obviously, we'd you know we want them to finish out of the playoffs. We get that lottery pick for the Wild, like Justin was saying. But I just have a hard time in, in my predictions, even if the team around them isn't that great, and even if their goaltending or defense is amazing. I I just find it very hard to bet against Sidney Crosby and Evgeny Malkin. Still, uh, those guys, two guys, just. They're they're so good. And, you know, Malkin, especially, can sometimes seem like he takes night, like he'll be off one night and then on the next and off the next. So, but uh, I just find it hard to bet against them. And, you know, the kind of other team that's, I mean, that just mentioned in Washington, they obviously have the firepower. Um, Their goaltending, I think Sam Sonoff, he's a good young goalie. I'm a little questionable at that position for me. And I I think they'll make the playoffs just because of the, you know, the scoring power. But I'm also just kind of mad on them for some reason.
0: Yeah, I think uh, for me, Zeke, I'm with you. I have Philadelphia at one. Yeah. I like their depth. They have both Oscar Lindbaum and uh, Nolan Patrick back health this year as well. They've got a pretty strong blue line. Eric Gustafson looks like he's going to be a great addition to the power play. Um, was a 60-point defenseman uh, with, with Chicago, I think, two years ago. who mm-hmm. um, looks to be picking up in a pretty good spot. Um, obviously, Giroux, Voracek. I think their forward group is strong, and their blue line's good enough um, to be in front of Carter Hart. So they're, they're my one. Boston, I just I don't know how it's gonna work out without Poshnok for a bit. You have Marshawn coming off surgery. Um, they lost Tori Krug, they lost Adeno Chara. The blue line I think has I think it's for sure one rookie and Jeremy Lazan. And don't they might have another one. I can't think off the top of my head, but mm-hmm. Rask, you know, there seems to be some you know, there's obviously drama with him, whether he wants to stay in Boston and stuff. So the team I mean, they, they still have some really good good players. The turnabs is good with with Bergeron, Krejci, and Coyle obviously down the middle, and they have a lot of good pieces there. So I'm not going to kinda of as a playoff team, but I just don't know if, if they're the clear number one. Uh, Zeke, I'm with you as well. on Pittsburgh, I do have them at three, just for pretty much all the reasons you said. And then Washington, I think this is kind of their their last gasp of, of this year with, with kind of an aging core of players. Mm-hmm. Um, then I have Rangers, Islanders, Sabres, Devils. Um, Rangers and Islanders, think, could go either way. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Sabres, Devils, I think, to me, are pretty clearly the, the bottom two teams. Yeah. Agreed. All right, and then the last division here we have is the Central. Um, we have Tampa Bay, Columbus, Dallas, Florida, Detroit, Chicago, Carolina, and Nashville. Uh, let's go bottom up this time. Uh, who who's the bottom team uh, for you guys here?
1: Well, I think uh, for me, uh, it's maybe a little closer now, but I think Detroit is you know, clearly the, I think the worst team in this division. I mean, their game against Carolina the other day, I know the Canes are a good team and they seem to always outshoot a lot of teams and still only score one or two goals. But uh, you know, Detroit, they just you know, they're just obviously rebuilding, uh, you know, still fairly bare. I mean, they have guys like Dylan Larkin, and uh, Anthony Amantha and Philip Ronick on the back end who are good, but uh, as well as like guys like Philip Sedina, but you know, I I still think they're the they're the worst team in there.
2: Yeah, I mean, mine's not different. I have Detroit down there at the bottom with, you know, Chicago not too far behind them. I, mean, I Chicago... did put
0: Chicago at the bottom. I just, Delian and Subban without Taze and Doc, like, it just seems like they're missing some really key pieces. Mm-hmm. And to me, Detroit is a one-game sample. But Thomas Grice made 40-some stops the other night uh, against Carolina, and I think to me, that's just a little bit of difference. I think their, their skaters are, are pretty much on par. Um, they both have a pretty good top, you know, a, a, a decent top line. And beyond that, it's very mm-hmm. bad. And so uh, to me, I just like the, the little bit of edge of, of Detroit having, you know, a, a better, you know, two guys in, in Bernie and Greif that can stop a puck right. um, over uh, Subban and Dele who haven't looked great through uh, through two games so far. Mm-hmm. All right. And then I th- this is where it gets tricky. There, there's, you know, Florida is kind of an interesting option. Dallas has some major injuries. Nashville might kind of be starting their fall from grace. Columbus, you have the Pierre Luc Dubois drama, and they have you know it seems like they shouldn't be competitive, but on paper their team is decent. Who do you guys have? Let's go three through six here because it's it's kind of a to me it's it's those four teams, and they could really go in any order.
2: Yeah. With me, three, four, five, six is Florida, Columbus, Nashville, Dallas, and I really feel like you know. And they could all be interchangeable really, but I have Dallas and Nashville as my last two teams in that division in the playoffs with Columbus and Florida just missing. Just I don't know, just kinda of going by guts and I mean Dallas has their injury issues, but they just came off playing for the Stanley Cup and have a pretty good team. Nashville, like you said, is falling from grace, but you know, they still have a pretty good team and I don't know. I really feel like Columbus and Nashville could really interchange.
1: Yeah, mine's pretty similar. I think, you know, even with their, their, you know, illness and injury issues in Dallas, like Justin said, they still did make the Stanley Cup final. So it's hard at this point to kind of count them out of, you know, really being that top like three or four. And, you know, I'm also the same with Brett and you guys on Nashville. They just, they're like, we talked about in a couple episodes ago, they're built very much like the wild and just kind of uninspiring to me and the team, you know, just the team. And you know, as for the Columbus and Florida, I mean, like we, you're talking about the whole Pierre-Luc Duba thing and all that drama that they're dealing with for the basically second time in three years that like Brett said, they're, they're a better team when you look at them than you would think. But, uh, you know, I they think they're just going to have, I mean, probably a little bit of trouble scoring goals. And then Florida obviously will, has no trouble scoring goals, it seems, but, uh, their defense is just not good. And why Added i on
0: drama on top of that. Yeah.
1: Too. Yeah, oh yeah. That's, that's a good point too. And, uh, you know, and on top of that, like with the whole Sergei Barovski thing, and his huge, massive contract. Like normally, it seems like in his career, he's had a really good year, a bad year, really good, bad year, and then so on. But I just don't really see a system fit for him to perform very well in Florida. I mean, with the way they play, obviously Columbus was a very structured defensive team under John Tortorell and such, and that allowed Barovski to maybe. I mean, he's still he's still a really good goalie, but perhaps to overachieve a little bit and uh, perform a little better with their help. So I I just am not uh, confident in how they're going to keep their puck out of their net.
0: So I have very, a very different order. So I actually have Nashville at three Columbus at four Dallas at five Florida at six Nashville, I just, I think their defense is just to me, it's still a little bit too strong to push them out of the playoffs. Mm -hmm. Saros is an above average goalie. I think in front of that defense will be fine. They have some guys that can score. Um, they added the Cunnin, they added Ericola, they're bringing back Grandland. They're the Minnesota Wild predators, <laughs> <laughs> uh, three former players, but you know, th- three good additions. I think they they added some yeah. other good depth pieces as well. Um, so I-, I have confidence in them at-, at least for this year. After this year, we'll, we'll see where it goes. Um, Columbus, I just put it four a very similar reason to Montreal. I just I like the depth that they have both on the blue line and the forward group. You know, no- they have Dubois, but I mean, no one else is just, like a real superstar. Um, although people will argue Seth Jones, but we're not going to get into that. I think to be better <laughs> anyway. But Seth Jones is still a very good defenseman, so I like their top pair. I like their top line, um, and I'm not going to ever root against Miko Koivu either. I'm hoping he gets in the lineup here sooner than later. He's uh, injured to uh, start the year here, and I did put Dallas at five. Just uncertainty around Sagan and Bishop. Yeah. Um, I just mm-hmm. like I looked at their bottom six forward group, and it just kind of underwhelmed me. And
1: mm-hmm.
0: I don't know. Someone had to be on the outside looking in. I my my gut said Dallas. Um, and then I went Florida at six, uh, just because, I, I don't know, Florida just never seems to be able to get done. And then yeah. we talked about just the bottom. So the top two here at consent, uh, cons- for the consensus is Tampa Bay, Carolina. Uh, who's at one? Who's at two for you guys?
1: Well, I think for me it's, uh, you know, I think I mean, it's, it's closer than I thought maybe at first, but I, th- I think it's still Tampa Bay. I mean, they won the Stanley Cup. And, you know, even without Nikita Kucherov for probably the whole regular season, uh, you know, last year, season in the bubble they won the stanley cup basically without steven stamkos and you know kudrov's obviously a a very big part of that team but i still think they're just strong all around and you know they they got you know they got the skill they can play defense uh they got the you know the the kind of power forwards on the bottom six with guys like uh, barkley goudreau blake coleman patrick Maroon, who are great depth pieces and while andre vasilevsky is maybe a little bit overrated he's still uh, i think uh one of the better goalies in the league so I think they're uh, for me still number one.
0: Justin, are you on
2: board with Tampa? Yeah, number I would, one? I would, yeah, I'm still on, on board with Tampa, and I'm running even without Kucherov. You know, of course, Carolina's good. They got that, a lot of young talents with you know, Teravainen and Svechnikov, and of course, they got Niederreiter, and just just a good young team. But I, I just don't think it's enough to to overtake you know Tampa, even without Kucherov, because they still got you know Stamkos and Point, and just. They still look really good, even though they're playing Chicago to start the year off. They they look like the team that won the Cups.
0: Yeah, I also attempt at number one. Uh, the injury to Kucherov did narrow the gap for me, but I still think they're stronger. I think Anthony Cirelli is going to blow blow out the league this year and really prove mm-hmm. uh, that he was mm-hmm. should have been offer-sheeted. Um, I, I don't know why nobody did that because I Earth think he's already bad. Yeah. Team. They're, they're afraid, but I would have done it. I would have done it in a heartbeat. Um, <laughs> I love Anthony Sorelli. He's a man crush. So I did put them one Carolina at two. Um, and It's it's really close. If Carolina wins that division, I wouldn't be surprised if Tampa Bay maybe it's a little bit of a cup hangover. But yeah, we won the cup. Who cares about the division? We'll, yeah. we'll sit for the playoffs. But yeah. Uh, so we're, we're pretty, you know, we had some we had some differences here, especially kind of through the middle of uh, each division. It seems like our, our our top and bottoms were pretty much consensus, but what happens in between there, um, there there was some variation. For sure. All right, and uh, finally here, let's talk about trophies. Uh, let's go first to the heart trophy for the league MVP. Um, obviously, these are just total guesses because these are just voted on by bunch of writers and half of them have no idea what they're doing don't look (laughs) at at all and just vote with their gut um there was a writer last year that gave essa a norris vote like wow so she's from that perspective but but these are hard to predict because you're trying to get in the minds of 100 hockey writers but we'll start with the heart the league's most valuable player who you got
1: well I think for me, uh, I, I don't know, you guys might have some, but I think uh, for me, it's Nathan McKinnon. He probably should have won it last year. And what it seems to go like with these rewards, like Brett said with the, a lot of these writers, it seems like, you know, guys will be good for a long time. And then, you know, they'll, I, I don't think it's the same for McKinnon, even if they're not great, that eventually it's a lot of these awards can be a kind of, oh, it's your turn kind of thing. And that I think- like a beret last year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. And so I think, uh, I mean, he's just obviously very good, uh, you know, being on an incredibly deep Colorado team is so fast, so skilled. So I think he should be the favorite and should be in line to win uh, that year. But I guess for, and then I guess, you know, obviously you have McDavid and Dreisaitl who will get a lot of votes either way. But uh, the other guy that uh, I think it was mentioned up yesterday that I would keep an eye on in uh, Vancouver is Elias Pettersson, who could also, who is according to, you know, with uh, guys like Wyshynski and all that seem to think that he's a player who could start to receive votes for MVP here pretty soon.
2: Do
0: you have McKinnon as well or somebody else?
2: No, I have McKinnon as well. I just think Colorado's a really good team and he's gonna set us apart. I mean of course McTavid and Dryside are really good. I, I just think with with a healthy Ranton in and a strong Colorado team that may is a Stanley Cup favorite, I, I just I don't you know, I can't see how I can bet against him.
0: Yep, and we we're three for three with McKinnon. Uh, I have him on both my fantasy hockey teams as well. So a hard season <laughs> yeah. would be awesome. Of course, our uh, he is uh, he was our first pick in our in our draft as well. So uh, three for three with McKinnon. Uh, yeah, and for me, it's all the same reasons you guys said. Just you know, a team that's going to be probably top the league, and he's going to be the guy that's that driving engine mm-hmm. um, behind it. Um, although with if uh, Connor McDavid plays every game like he did last night, my oh goodness, my look out.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, he'll so, run away with that. He was, he, he was the best ninety-seven in the league last night, despite the uh, prestop debut. <laughs> yeah. He was in another gear last night. If you haven't seen the highlights of that game, uh, yeah, He was nuclear, uh, three well. goals and an assist. Um, but let's talk about my next ninety-seven. I do have him as the caller favorite. I think this is consensus here. We've talked about our our disagreements mm-hmm. with. Uh, a front of the year and Shosturkin, but uh, have we deviated off Capriceoff uh, or Calder? Or are we just going to move on?
2: No, I think it's more solidified for me, even after one game. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, I'm, I'm the same, uh, no different. While well, you know, uh, the Rangers defense, I, I don't know how great it is in their team. I don't know how good they are. Uh, obviously, Shosturkin, if he picks up his play and finishes like a nine twenty something save percentage, you know, as a goalie, he'll he. Probably would end up getting more votes, but uh, as of now, yeah, no, no change.
0: Yeah. A uh, quick note here to interrupt our Philadelphia prediction. Uh, Sean Couturier apparently suffered a shoulder shoulder injury and is having uh, some Ooh. getting an MRI done uh, tomorrow. So hopefully that's not serious, right. uh, because we want we want all the teams playing Pittsburgh to be healthy. So <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nice all right. Uh, let's go next to uh, a trophy I had a really hard time picking a winner Uh, that's the Vesna trophy because it seemed like every time I kind Mm -hmm. of like I was like all right I think this team will be good Mm -hmm. and I'm like ah but they kind of have a tandem yeah we're like ah is that guy really going to be the reason they're there so I had a hard time picking a Vesna. um Justin we'll go to you first who do you think uh captures the Vesna this year
2: oh he's he's well let's see let me think He, he allowed a couple goals today and you know he What did he do yesterday? I don't know what he did yesterday. Anyways, I'm going to pick Carter Hart for the the Vezina. I just think, you know, if Philadelphia is a favorite, uh, I mean, they looked really good last year in the playoffs. And, I mean, I just, I don't know. I just think it's going to be Carter Hart.
1: Yeah, I'm going to, that was going to be my pick. uh, But since Justin picked Carter Hart, I'll go somewhere else. Uh, Obviously, what Justin said. Her to, even though a couple rough games, I mean, not terrible. He hasn't. He just hasn't been fantastic. Mm, right. But, you know, I guess, I don't know. I think, I don't know if he's necessarily deserving of it, but I think uh, Andre Vasilevsky is going to get a lot of votes again, even if he's something like a 245 and a 915 or 916 on a really good Tampa team. So I don't know. I just think that uh, he's going to be a guy who's going to win, if not th- this year or in the future. Uh, he's gonna win a couple more Vesnas, I guess, even if he doesn't hundred percent deserve it,
0: yeah, so my top three were were my pick, Hart and Vasilevsky. I eventually settled on uh Jacob Marchstrom um just because I looked at what we did in Vancouver last year, and had it not been for <laughs> the monster year that uh that Connor Hellebuck had in Winnipeg, I think Marchstrom probably would have won that um and to me, it just came down to for me if Calgary gets into the playoffs. As a top three team, in the Canadian division, I think a lot of that we really yeah. looked at. I'm um, a success of Jacob Markstrom. They paid him. Um, let, like you said, like they're kind of on the hot seat, and then they have to they have to do something this year, mm-hmm. or they might start to look to move a, a big piece out, like a Goudreau or a Monahan. Um, so I, I, I give it to him, but if it's Vasilevsky or Hart, I, I don't think I'd be surprised. It was kind of a three headed monster for me yeah. uh, for the Vesna. Uh, let's go next to the Norris for the best defenseman in the oh, NHL. Where where voters are always wrong, terribly wrong. Um, I have a feeling it's just going to be Seth Jones just to piss all the analytics people off. Oh boy, (laughs) That's not who I picked, though. But uh, who do you guys got? Uh, Zeke, we'll start with you uh, for the Norris Trophy. Well,
1: I mean, this this is a little bit difficult. I mean, I don't know. I feel like a guy like, I mean, I think Brett's a big fan of him. And Dougie Hamilton is going to have another really big year. And he's a guy that uh, I, I haven't read too much. I'm not, I don't follow the Carolina Hurricanes very much, but it seems like there's a, and wherever he's gone, there seems like there's been a fair bit amount of controversy around him for whatever reason. But I mean, last year he had 14 goals, 40 points in 47 games. Uh, you know, everyone knows what he can do on offense, but from from what I've been reading in a lot of these analytical articles, especially on the athletic and other places that it seems like he's also a very good defender that doesn't sacrifice uh, that side of the the ice to him, uh, you know, to produce. But And, uh, you know, I think the only thing that could hurt him is, like I said, I think a lot of people just aren't huge, seem to not be huge fans of him in, like, hockey and the game and some of the writers and all that. But I think he's a guy that uh, should have a really good chance at it this year.
2: Justin. All right. I want to say Jared Spurgeon. Spurgeon, I'm not going to. Uh, we saw <laughs> Roman Yosti won it last year, but I uh, I think I'm going to go with Victor Hedman. Just, he's still on that really good Tampa Bay team, and he seems to have a good year every year. And, you know, it seems like they always vote on points for some reason, even though they're defensemen. But, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I think Victor Hedman is my pick. Uh, I went with Zeke.
0: I also went with uh, Dougie Hamilton for a lot of the same reasons you said. And I think, like, the first half of last season it was, he was the runaway favorite and then he had the injury. Yeah. Um, people still wonder like, will he still get votes even despite the injury? Um, he's also in a contract year. Um, he, I think he's still in talks with the ex- uh, an extension uh, with, with, with the Canes, but I think in a, in a contract year and a year in which he was already in the back of people's mind as being a, a potential uh, Norris trophy. I think he gets mm-hmm. it this year. Um, and if he doesn't, it's going to be Seth Jones just because hockey. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Art Ross is up next for the league leader in points. Uh, I'll go first this time. I just went – usually the Hart winner is also the Art Ross winner, so I went with McKinnon.
1: Yeah, think... Go ahead. Oh, you can go ahead, Justin, sir.
2: Say, I think he wins the league MVP, but I think most points will go to McDavid.
1: Yeah, I, I think I'm going to go with Justin a little bit. I mean, like Brett said, you know, it, usually it seems like, like, he, you, know, like you said, the hard trophy winner is also the leader in points in the Roth trophy winner. But like Justin said, I think it's McDavid. Uh, him and will just seem to be a machine, an th- absolute factory for points. And, you know, McKinnon could do this too this season. But I think uh, with, you know, with how McDavid just looks and how fast he is, I mean, like Brett said, he was fantastic last night. Uh, if he keeps it up consistently like he has every year in his career, I mean, he could – he could threaten to put up 100 points in the 56 games, assuming he's uh, healthy and, you know, performing consistently well at, you know, just the insane level he's at. So that's that's my pick.
0: Not a bad one at all. Uh, all right. So next up is the Selkie, which is always a tricky one, because oh, Zeke, right. I think this is a word that especially seems to go where like, well, this guy probably should have won it three years ago, but he didn't. So now we'll mm-hmm. give it to him. Uh, I am with my gut. Yep, the Patrice Bergeron Award, uh, which might turn into the Sean Couturier Award. Um, With an injury now, maybe that's uh, a little bit off the table. I went bold on this one, um, Mm -hmm. but I'll I'll save mine here. Uh, Justin, we'll go to you first. Who do you like for Selke, which um, is supposed to be the best defensive forward, but usually goes to the highest-scoring two-way centerman?
2: Oh, man, I, I... I don't know. I, I have to go with the cop-out, Patrice Bergeron, because I just can't think off the top of my head someone else for this. So I'm just going to go with Bergeron. I wasn't really prepared for this this award. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I I don't know. I think there's a couple of names, but I think the guy I'm going to go with is Mark Stone in Vegas, who, you know, I, I might have this wrong, but what I seem to remember, uh, he's always – he's just kind of like the perfect kind of hockey player and that he's very strong and, and has elite play on the defensive and offensive ends it seems i mean obviously last year in vegas his first full season he put up 63 points and i think 65 games and he was even great in auto those last couple of years so uh, i think he's I mean, like brett mentioned that we talked about earlier i think he's another guy who i mean i think it's rightfully so that uh, stone is very good and probably deserves to win one eventually. but i think he's just a mm-hmm. player that's just going to win one here soon
0: that's a really good pick. He was in the consideration for me as well. I'm with Anthony Sorelli. I think the elevated role to, to Tampa Bay is he's getting power play time this year. He still kills penalties for them. He's now their mm-hmm. number two center. I think he'll have – and now with them being a championship team, they got to see what he was in the playoffs. I think people will start to take notice mm-hmm. of just a complete player he is, and I'm hoping that he yeah. gets recognition he deserves. It probably won't come this year, but I went bold with it. Um, but I think he will be probably a two- or three-time Selkie winner uh, by the time his career – is done. Um did you guys have predictions for the lady Bing by chance? If not, we can uh, we can skip that one.
1: Uh no I I think so.
0: All right. (laughs) I did put Jared Spurgeon in because I think it's usually basically a a good player that doesn't get a lot of penalties. it's usually where that one goes. I went Jared Spurgeon there. Um do you guys have a Richard winner for uh for the league leader in goals? Yeah. All right. So uh Justin we'll go to you first. Who you got for your uh, Rocket Richard leading the league
2: in goals. um let's see i want to say mcdavid but it's hard to go against ovechkin if he continues to just always score goals but with that hat trick mcdavid looks strong I, I just think it's going to be mcdavid just the rocket richard
1: yeah i think uh justin you know, brought a couple of really good points i mean hard like you, like you said hard to bet against ovechkin and even though mcdavid is you know you don't necessarily think of him as a You know, the best goal scorer in the league, he's obviously very good. But I'm going to go, I think I'm going to go with Austin Matthews as my winner. I mean, just playing in that Canadian division against all those teams, uh, getting eight games against, like nine or ten games against the Ottawa Senators, uh, teams like the Winnipeg Jets, Vancouver Canucks. uh, I think that'll help him a lot. I mean, Matthews just has, I think, one of, if not the best wrist shots, snapshots in the league. Uh, He's just so good. Uh, offensive offensively he can just whip it like almost no one else in the league can and I mean you know he's the guy that last year would have gotten probably into the mid 50s in goals if if the season hadn't been paused so and when you consider all the talent he has around him in Toronto with guys like you know Mitch Marner William Nylander and even on the power play with all those guys I think he's going to be the league leader in goals this season
0: yep pretty much for every region is listed I also have Awesome Matthews as well so Mm
1: -hmm.
0: I I don't know if he scored yet though through two games so not a great yeah no no. (laughs) they'll uh they'll they'll come in waves um there's three more trophies I have on my list I don't know if you guys have one here but uh the Jack Adams the Jennings and uh the Masterton do you guys have picks for any of those three at all by chance
2: I got Jack Adams I can come up with something for the others I'm sure but Masterton might be a little tricky
0: all right, we'll go. We'll go, Jack Adams here uh, next. Justin, who do you have for Jack Adams?
2: I'm gonna go with Rod Brindamore. Yep, that's uh, who I had as well. I think Carolina's, you know, due to make a jump, and with that good young team we already talked about. And I just, I, I think, you know, can, yeah, I just think it's gonna be Brindamore.
0: And I think, especially if they win that division, it's almost he becomes a lock.
1: Hmm. Yeah, this is, I don't know, this is a little bit difficult for me, I guess, but, uh, I don't know. I guess if we're going on a limb, if, if Montreal does do well in this division and it finishes like uh second, I mean, again, I don't, this depends on how they finish, but if Montreal does well in that Canadian division, finishes first, second and gets to, you know, gets to that Stanley Cup semifinal or gets to the second round of the Canadian division playoffs, like, I don't know how necessarily he, he's like a great coach anymore, but I think if, uh, if Montreal can uh, perform like a lot of people are seeing them to, I think uh, Claude Julien is a is a guy that I could see getting a lot of votes if that happens.
0: Yeah, that's definitely a possibility. I think a big thing is 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 it'll kind of if, if a team finishes in a spot where not many people had him, mm-hmm. um, that could be a, a, a big uh, indicator of a Jack Adams. Um, yeah. Uh, wasn't Elliot Friedman? I don't think there was. I'm trying to think of uh, Frank Servoli had like a 31 bold predictions article and actually uh one of his bold predictions was uh dean evison jack adams trophy so i wanted to throw that little tidbit in there um which to me actually wouldn't be all that surprising but um would be be cool
1: well me yeah if they they win a playoff series i think you're definitely on there (laughs) right
0: all right uh and i think we can skip the last two there they're not uh, quite as important
1: yeah um agree
0: so uh that does it for awards uh Quick preview of uh, tomorrow night's game, maybe uh, before we sign off. Um, do you guys have any thoughts uh, heading into tomorrow's game once again uh, ag- against L.A.? I, for one, am hoping that the ice is a little bit better because that's the one thing we didn't talk oh, about yeah. early on uh, in the show, but I thought the ice at Staples Center last night looked terrible. They were mm-hmm. skating and passing through quicksand at, uh, at some points there in the game.
2: Oh, yeah. I saw. I can't remember who it was. Uh, I'm not going to remember who it was. There was someone online that was saying, you know, I've I worked on an ice crew and this – Ice looks like absolute shit. Like you could just tell by the way, like the pucks were sticking, and just the way the play was going, that the ice was just not good at all.
1: Yeah, and I think uh, I think the Lakers uh, actually played tonight at Staples Center, if I remember right. So they, you know, had to cover that up and do that again. So you know, ice probably won't be much better uh, tomorrow night. But I think you know, despite it not being too good, it, it did seem like the the teams kind of started to adjust to it at the end, but. You know, I guess for me, kind of what I'm just looking forward to in tomorrow's game is, I mean, I think L.A., from what if I remember right, is uh kind of making some lineup changes on D that they have. I think they have a few guys who are out with COVID uh, without with illness. But uh, I don't know. I guess I'm just excited to see uh how the Wilds rebound uh, the last game. I mean, obviously, everyone is still getting up to speed, so it'll be interesting. But uh, I just hope to see a kind of a better like first kind of half of the game from them this time around. I agree. Build from that that second half of the game, continuing on, and you know, I would
2: personally like to see with you know the second game against L.A. Kackinen get a chance and that see what he's got in the game. So you know, I guess we'll see tomorrow who's starting, but I'd like to see him get a, a start tomorrow night.
0: Yeah, I I I'm right there with you. It'd be great to see Kakinen get a start. Um, and for me, <laughs> something I never thought I would have said, um, <laughs> up until oh, about boy. eight minutes left in the third last night. I want to see Rask get a shot as the number one center.
1: You got to lose. I mean, really it's, it's 2021.
0: Yeah. It's the year of the, uh, of the bold statement, but um, <laughs> I wouldn't mind seeing him get a look. I thought he, he looked good last night. Uh, why not give him a chance? But also, I mean, you know, you're trying to build chemistry too for Capri off And if that's mm-hmm. with Duke's dead, then maybe you don't want to mess with that, but we'll see what happens. But um, I'd also just like to see maybe the wild, just play a little bit tighter game. I thought it was sloppy at times, both ways, i like to see more five on five. I feel like even going back to the to the bubble, it's just been, it seems like it's been a ton of special teams. Yeah. And like, I think the wild are just, they're a team that is better five on five than a lot of teams, but it's yeah. like that, that third line in the second period, hardly got to play last night because it was just either the wild on a power play mm-hmm. or they were killing. It seemed for more than half that period. But, um, and then of course when they were even strength their went out and, and scored a goal. So um Office yeah, a you know. rich job by the way too. So That's great uh, one. no suitor slander podcast uh <laughs> <So>, um, <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. So I, I yeah, so I think two two things that seem to have kind of a consensus is uh Victor Ask as the one C and uh maybe Kapakaken in uh, uh get a start. Any, anything else for tomorrow? Also, uh bold prediction, I think the power play scores tomorrow night. Yeah. Right. I
2: think I
0: think they, they, they solved the post and they solved quick, mm-hmm. I think, they score tomorrow
2: night. All right, I, I wouldn't mind seeing us win how we won last night, but I don't know if uh, Decosta's neck can take it from Everson again. So maybe just <laughs> <laughs>
1: that
2: was a great clip.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. And I guess you know, I just, I just want to see Matt Dumba score a goal. Like, just please, one timer, you know, on the power play, even strength, whatever. I just want to see that guy score because you know, and, and he's obviously always been just such a great guy, fun to be around. Since have a great personality. He's obviously a very talented hockey player too, but I'm sure everyone by now has uh, seen the video on the wild social media of where they mic'd him up in the celebration after the overtime goal. Just how great of a guy and a teammate he is. No, I don't know. I just wanted to see him rip off like a couple of goals in the game here. He was so ex- – yeah.
0: I think he was more yeah. excited for Curl than Curl was excited for Scorer. Yeah, scoring. he was. <laughs> you know, the guys are kind of like skating in there, hugging him, and then here, all of a sudden here mm-hmm. comes Dumbo, like full speed, like jumps mm-hmm. onto his neck. Yeah, oh, yeah. If you, can, if you haven't heard the audio clip, um, it's on the Wilds' Twitter page. That was, that it, really it's awesome. awesome. I'm not, I don't want to spoil it, but mm-hmm. go it's ahead cool. and listen if you haven't heard it yet because it's uh, it's, it's pretty good. And it just – every time – I mean, it's n- – no Minnesota fan wants to lose Matt Dumbo. I think we just accepted the reality that it just – it's. It's inevitable at this point, but you just see stuff like that, and you're like, man,
1: mm-hmm. it
0: was, it, you know, it's the same thing with Zucker. Just man, you don't want to lose that guy in the locker room, but you know, right. hockey's a business, and you know what's going to happen. But uh, just enjoying everything we have with Matt Dumbo, we still have him, and I, and and I hope for the Wild's sake and for his sake that he can rebound because while they get a bigger return, and I want to see him get his, you know, I think he, what we saw last year, I think is is the worst of what we will get out of Matt Dumbo. I, I don't think we can go down from okay.
2: can, right. go Right.
0: All right. Well, that'll do it uh, for today's show. Um, feel free to send this podcast to Freezing Cold Takes. Uh, so when we're completely wrong, um, <laughs> we can be called out. Um, or, say, or, or say the audio clips yourself and you know, come June or whatever. Feel free to uh, remind us how wrong we were. Um, but that'll do it for today's show. Uh, we're we'll back to normal schedule next week uh, with a Thursday night show, I believe. Um, that's the plan as of now. To the Wild Play Thursday? I don't know. If they. Uh...
1: Well, they play on Monday, I think. So I'm guessing they play on Wednesday. Okay, yeah. So Thursday,
0: likely. Uh, but let's sign off here. Uh, Zeke, where can everyone find you uh, and your work?
1: Uh, you can find me on Twitter at zbwildnation_hw underscore HW. And you can also find all my writing and uh, other kind of work, which I'll be getting back up to, ramping up to doing more of that, at com and also at MiniIce.com.
2: And Justin, what about you? I'm at... The East 2004. I'm at caprisov See with the caprisov countdown. There's not much of a countdown, but maybe I'll count points and goals or something. But still have fun with the page. And then I'm at MNW prospects and keep an eye out on that page. You know, it seems like the prospects are in full force and getting going. So, you know, we have quite a bit of a full slate of, of prospect news for you.
0: All right. And as always, you can find me on Twitter at B underscore Marsh 92. Be sure that you're following the podcast account as well at Sound the Foghorn. All one word. Also on Instagram at Sound the Foghorn. Uh, Lots of stories posted there daily, usually just on uh, various things. We just find that say good things about the wild. Um, and occasionally analytical breakdowns fun things like that it's for on Instagram be sure you are following us there but that'll do it for uh, this week's show this has been another episode of of